This episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast is brought to you in part by No Judges Needed BJJ Apparel and Lavender Lane CBD Products. You can use the promo code JJT for 20% off your first order at No Judges Needed and the code JJTimes20, all uppercase, last two items are numerical, for 20% off your first order of CBD products. Thank you very much for sticking with us. Enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast. I am your host, Kevin Bradley, joined as always by my co-host, Kevin Gallagher. And today we have a very special guest. Let me just read off some of his credentials so you know how legit he is. BJJ Black Belt, former King of the Cage, lightweight champion, and current UFC lightweight contender, Billy Quarantillo, Billy Q., Thank you for coming by the show today. How are you doing, sir? Um, I'm doing great, man. I uh, really appreciate you guys having me. Shout out to Uncle Kev, who you know I've trained with for the last ten years now. He, he Uncle Kev actually, uh, you know, coached me in my. He was actually in my corner for my first fight, uh, my first pro fight. So I uh, appreciate you guys having me. Shout out to No Judges Needed. <laughs> yeah, we're. I have figured since like we're we're having a, a fellow. Uh, rep for No Judges Needed to come on. We got to come out strong for the brand. So thank you, No Judges Needed. Once again, a good, really organic way. Uh, you can use the promo code JJT for 20% off uh, checkout for all your o- No Judges Needed merch. Oh, and I think our, our boy Billy's got some merch at No Judges Needed. So go get that merch now, and then you'll be yep. able to flip it for like 150 bucks when he becomes UFC champion. So <laughs> There you go. There you go. Hold on. It's a, it's an investment. So, yeah. How you doing, brother? You, you feeling all right, man? You excited coming up that big win? Yeah, man. Yeah. It's uh, you know, uh, uh, how, how long it's taken to get here. You know, the, the amount of uncertainty that we had to ever even get into the UFC, uh, you know, to be, to be two and oh now to beat two really tough people and, uh, especially to beat this dude, man, you know, cause, uh, you know, kind of rub, rub me the wrong way. Just the, you know, his whole, uh, you know, his whole little personality and like kind of how he was like talking all this smack and, you know, acting like when he saw me, you know, we we're like, oh, what's up, man? It's so good to see you. And then, you know, saying on, you know, Instagram that he's going to crucify me and do all this stuff. It was it was really happy to get this win, man. It was probably probably the most uh, gratifying win to date. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know as much about the backstory <clears throat> of everything that was going down until after the fight when you kind of mentioned it in the, in the press conference about, you know, about some of the, the tactics he was using. And uh, yeah, apparently the Kimberly guy's kind of a dick. And, you know, like when, when you see a lot of modern UFC, a lot of modern, modern UFC fighters, a lot of MMA fighters, you know, they, 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 they tend to incorporate that stuff into their personality in order to sell fights. Yeah. And like, I get that it's about, you know, building yourself. So the fights have become interesting, but I'm kind of with you in that vein too. Like if, if you're going to talk shit about me, on Instagram and try to beef everything up. Like, don't come at me and shake my hand and yeah. give me a hug. Yeah, like, exactly. Cool. Like, I'm mad at you. I don't like you. You're an asshole. Exa- yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what it was. And it was, uh, you know, it was, there was a couple things. So, one, yeah, just saying that, like, when he came up, he's like, oh, man, it's so good to meet you. And, like, and I was acting all friendly. And and he basically told a lot, you know, was, like, being super friendly with Alon, too. Alon basically told me the same thing. that He's, like, super friendly before a fight. And usually, like, you know, usually that's how it goes. Either someone's really friendly to you or they just don't like, you know, usually like you don't have to like come up and like shake my hand and like be super friendly. If you do do that and if I'm nice to you and like you usually expect to see like nice things about each other on social media instead of like I'm going to crucify his demons. This is going to be a massacre. This is going to be a gift. And I'm thinking, bro, I, I'm 13 and two. Uh, I finished my last five opponents. Like I'm not a, a gift or a, or a massacre to anyone. Like, you know, you're in for a fucking dog fight. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I, I find that a bit off-putting a lot of times when you have guys that come up to you and they're super happy and they want to meet you like the before the match. Like I'm the same way. When I compete, like, bro, like after the match, if we want to talk yeah. and we want to hang out, I'm cool. But before the match, like I don't want to get to know you because a lot of times what guys will do, like they do that in a weird, yeah. creepy, like psychological way, whether or not exactly. they're doing it out of their own fear or they're trying to put you off. Like, if I look at you now as a nice guy, I'm not concerned about the way you're going to fight. And if you notice, that guy's kind of a fucking dick. Like, he came right out, yeah. charged you right after the bell, threw the kick yeah, right and I knew, I knew it was going to be on, on right away. Yeah, yeah, like, 
that that type of shit. Like I, I'm not I'm not about that either, man. And I I, I don't I don't agree with things like that, man. I don't, I, I don't think that's right, man. I will say that like getting in someone's it, like being personable is a big part of my jujitsu game. Like if I'm doing a tournament, I'll look up everybody in my bracket. And I'll like visit their houses individually and deliver them like pizzas, <laughs> cupcakes. I'll pay really off any like I'll try and I'll try and pay off any loans they have. You know, get to know like, them really well. I'll steal their call car, have it detailed, return it to them. You know that sort of thing, and that really throws them off. Without that, I have no no jujitsu game. That, that could be you know that could be intimidating, and you know like Kevin's talking about, you know it's definitely a there there's there's obviously mind games that go into it. Um, but at at the end of the day, uh. Most of the time I fight people, they're super respectable, like either before or after. Of course, there's like a little bit of smack talk, like, yeah, I'm going to beat this guy. Like, oh, I'm a better fighter. I'm this, you know, like, or I think this is, you know, like, I know I've put the work in, stuff like that. Like, so, you know, sometimes it's generic, but, um, I, you know, I think he does do a good job. I think he does a good job at, like, selling this, uh, you know, this perception that he's, like, this, like, crazy, like, wild dude. But, you know, in, in the second and third round, he was just like anyone else. Started getting tired. I started putting it on him, started pressuring him. And, you know, I felt like uh, that was that was my game plan. It, it could have worked a little bit sooner. You know, I think uh, it, I could have been a little bit more dominant uh, in the second and even gotten a finish in the second or third rounds. But literally it was my game plan to do what we did, and, and we were able to do it pretty pretty effectively. So, you know, in, in my opinion, watching watching the fight, um, like I, I feel like, you know, because there was he he fought at a, a catchweight, which in, in my I think is just ridiculous. Like I'm just from from my point of view, like you're a goddamn professional. Like who, who gives a shit what's going on in the world? You made weight. You know what I mean? It's your job to make weight. Yeah. That's what you do. You get paid to do a thing, and, and you can't make weight. So he wanted to fight at 155, and you told him we could fight at 50 at a cut at a catchweight. I feel like that really worked to his advantage because watching that fight, I really felt like you would have if he had to suck it up and cut those extra five pounds, you would have been sucked out for the fight. I think he would have finished him second round, probably early third, third round, just my opinion. But Yeah, it definitely, um, well, and you know, it, it definitely not to make any excuses cause I got the win, but just talking about it, talking about like what happened and like breaking it down from, you know, being a, a competitor, you know, moving forward, the, that five pounds definitely helped him out to not have to cut the weight. Um, I was already at 160, so I only had 10 pounds to cut instead of 15, which even for that isn't, you know, 15 pounds isn't a lot of weight to cut. I can do that easily at to 145. Um, but also not, um, we really didn't have a lot of, uh, I didn't do a, as much weightlifting. I did a lot of like jujitsu and like my, my buddy's garage, uh, you know, and, and mitt work in my backyard. And then we, we, we got some, uh, some time in at, at GTS, but for the most of it, like not as much weight, like not as much like, uh, uh, throwing, throwing weights around and, uh, not as not, obviously not as much as like classes as we're used to. Yeah. And, and, you know, when, when you talk about cutting weight and a, a lot of guys kind of have a misperception of the, what the philosophy behind cutting weight is yet. Yeah, yeah. You cut that weight so that you can compete at a smaller weight, but the rehydration part after you cut the weight plays a big deal. So if you're talking about a guy that has to cut down to 150 pounds instead of 145 pounds. Now he started, like you said, you started that weight cut at 60. He probably started that weight cut at, you know, close to 70, 75. So by the time he gets down yeah. oh, definitely. to 50 definitely. In, the, in the cage the next day, he was way, way bigger than you were, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Yep. And uh, we, that's, you know, I, I even said in an interview, which I'm like, man, it's kind of weird to say, but I'm like, yeah, he's probably going to be a little bigger and stronger, but I think I could, I'm going to be able to weather that storm and, and find something whether it was earlier in the fight or later. And if you did notice, like he came out super aggressive and had control the first like minute and a half, but within the first two minutes, I ended up taking his back too. And, you know, credit to him. Cause I feel usually super comfortable when I get on people's backs, but man, he was super strong and explosive and he was, he was able to, to kind of muscle out of a lot of those moves. Yeah, he had he had he has legit jujitsu too. Like there, there was no doubt about it. Yeah. He was a very explosive kid, very strong. But watching the yeah. way he he pinned the choke arm around and then exploding back in, like he was doing yeah. the right things from a positional aspect. It was more than just being a super athlete. Like he had he had a good wherewithal yeah. of what was happening in that position. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's a he's a, a black belt in judo and a brown belt in jujitsu. They yeah. said he wrestled in high. They said he wrestled a bunch in high school and stuff like that. Um, and I know he has a, a good Muay Thai background. I was actually expecting it to be more of a stand-up fight. And I was looking forward to, like, standing and banging because my first UFC fight was was mostly on the ground. 
and this one too. And and I think a lot of that had to do with him kind of rocking me like early on, you know, kind of coming at me aggressive. I kind of weathered the storm after that. And then I started taking over. Yeah. Uh, just uh, real quickly, you talk, uh, you're talking a lot about gas tank and how confident you are. Uh, not a lot of people entering the UFC have prior experience with those like championship rounds, like extended yeah. fights. Uh, how, like, and you've you've not only fought for a belt and a different promotion, you've won it. Uh, how much do you credit your gas tank with that kind of uh, octagon experience? Well, actually, yeah, actually, I, so I've been scheduled to fight in two five round fights, um, but I finished both of them like early, so I never actually been to five rounds. But well, yeah, the, been, the stakes I, are I, being there. Yeah. yeah, I do have I do have the experience of uh, going three round like hard winning three round hard three round decisions you know against against super high level guys um and that's happened throughout like the years where you know like my opponent he was nine and one but he only went to two decisions everyone else he basically just came out and and took out right away in the first round so yeah just having that experience of bending in those being in those really tough fights another thing is uh, a lot of the guys that he fought had like you know not as good of records or like lose you know the early fights like losing records um and i've been fighting tough people throughout pretty much my whole career the past you know seven eight years have been all high level guys ufc veterans ultimate fighter veterans bellator you know guys that you know pretty much a a, a really good roster of people and uh so a lot of these guys don't have that so i'm curious to to your point of view because i i i, I watch you fight and and i i see that your game is is about breaking your opponent's spirit. And and I think that when we talk about fights on a as high a level of, comp- of competition that you're at, that you know, there's never going to be that much difference between your abilities versus your opponent's abilities. Like you guys are always going to be pretty much, if you're in the big show, like you're, you're fucking good. You know what I mean? You know what you're doing. Yeah. You're, you're, you're skilled. You're a skilled fighter. Like how much of your approach is based upon, understanding how to win that mental game of breaking your opponent's spirit yeah yeah man and uh it's just you know like we were just getting into about um you know having having that that experience and seeing what what i've been able to do do to other people and just having that confidence that you know as long as you know i I trusted myself I've, i've always given myself a fighting chance you know i've had this was my 30th fight total um you know, counting my amateur fights and boxing match and Muay Thai fight, um, Muay Thai fights. Um, so, uh, yeah, just have, having that experience and, and going into it. And, and you're right. Like we, we are going to get to a level where, where someone will be able to go three hard rounds with me. Uh, and that's where I just gotta, you know, I, I basically just gotta beat them, you know, beat them on, beat them on skill, beat them on technique. Um, but in the meantime, I'm just going to keep trying to break people like I've been doing. <laughs> yeah. Like, so like, and you know, just a follow up to that is like, so people will comment and say like, you know, Billy's just, he's, he's a cardio machine. He's got this incredible cardio that, that, that doesn't, yeah. that doesn't quit. And like, I would say that's part of it, but I think it's a lot more to do with just your, your, your will to win and, and, and your unbreakable spirit. Like, what do you think the two components of that, how they, how they, how they vary back and forth? Um, yeah, I don't know. That's, you know, I've talked to Matt about it. It's definitely not, um, it, it's certainly not just cardio. It's really not cardio at all because I hate like running long. Like you're not going to catch me running 10 miles. I, I'll run like, I'll run a couple miles, you know, uh, I'll run like a few miles a week and like I'll bike ride and stuff, but I'm not like this, like Lance Armstrong, you know, super conditioned athlete. But what I can do is I feel like I just like, if you say go and you lock me in the cage with someone, I feel like I could just keep fighting. Like, and I have that mentality. Like I'm pretty much trying to fight until like I die. Like if someone try- is, is like, I- I'm basically like, the, the chances of me getting knocked out or submitted, I, I try to get that level so high that it, it's like almost like you are like unbreakable. Like I'm very hard to submit. And I'm very hard to knock out. And as long as I can keep going, 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 trying to break them, um, it, it's really just like my, my, my way of winning, winning really. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to follow this up into another question about, about your BJJ and about your jujitsu. And, and, and like, I, I watch you and you know, you're a black belt now. And like, I'm, I remember I've been ruling with you since for, for day one, you know, yeah, right? since, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, oh, I've yeah. watched you, I've watched you come up. And when I think about your style 
of jujitsu. Like I think about how your style of jujitsu falls more into things that you don't see as often in actual MMA. And I'm going to say that by, by talking about your ability to not just maintain and control positions in advance, looking for a submission or advance by holding someone down. Like what you do better than I think most people I've seen in MMA. And I'm not just saying this because you're my boy. I'm saying this because it's a fact. Like I, I think of you and I put you up in the same accord with, with Khabib in this, in this, right. Is your ability to inflict damage and, and continue to beat down and break your opponent's will by dominating these positions. Is there, is there anything yeah. you do differently in your BJJ to be able to accommodate that? Um, I don't know, man. I mean, you know how it is at, at Gracie Tampa South. Like, you know how it is at our gym. Uh, it's a shark tank. And I think what attributes to it is, you know, especially like I've been doing this. I've been doing, you know, I've been training hard for fights for 10 years. I really don't ever take a lot of time off. And I always make sure like, I always do my rounds back to back to back to back to back. Like, so if I'm doing like jujitsu rounds and we're doing like seven, five minute rounds or seven, seven minute rounds or five fives or, or whatever rounds we're doing, I don't ever uh, take a round off. So like, I think that has a lot to do with it. And just same thing with like MMA sparring. I'm always like the guy that has to stay in there. Some every once, once a maybe a couple of weeks out of a year, will they let me be like the fresh guy where I come in fresh but it's usually like I'm the guy in there, like getting my rounds in. So I think a lot of it uh, of just having that, you know, practice how you play. You know what I mean? Like I'm coming at you like me. Kevin knows like I've tried to uh, I try to come at you. I'm like a little wolf attacking a, a grizzly bear. <laughs> it's true, dude. And I try to come at you and he's like this big dude, like throwing me around and using his paws. <laughs> and, uh, and that's with everyone. Like I go at everyone, uh, you know, I'm coming for their neck. Like, you know how it is like Coach Canner. Pete Molinelli, uh, Matt Arroyo, obviously, uh, all the fighters, Matt Frivola, Troy Gerhardt, uh, Hugh, you know, Aaron Harp, Lewis Mott. There's just so many people. Sorry, everyone I'm forgetting, but there's just so so many people that uh, that gave me good looks at the gym every single day. Yeah, but but so though, but in particular, when when I when I do do you agree with me that watching a lot of jujitsu guys that do MMA, a lot of guys that are apparently like jujitsu specialists in the MMA world. Like I don't yeah. see them. Like I see a lot of guys going to positions and I see a lot of guys trying to take the back and I see a lot of guys trying to, to work for the submissions. And I see a lot of rounds that like go kind of who really knows who won that round because no one really did any damage. Like when I watch yeah. you do jujitsu, like you do damage, like you do damage for yeah. positions that you're dominant in. Is there is there something that you do differently from that? Is there something that you did did you? Did I'm gonna you see Billy Billy. That? I'm gonna answer this one for you, Kevin. He goes into every fight and he imagines he gets to punch you flush in the face. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you know what I think it is, Kevin. Honestly, I think what it is with saying it like that. The reason is I think because I'm starting to get to that skill set of like a high level jujitsu guy. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like a jujitsu guy, like, like a, a Jeff Paré, who's just really good at jujitsu, but he doesn't do any like fighting. Right. So what I'm doing is I, I'm kind of being a jujitsu guy, but I've also been hitting people and striking this whole entire time too. So I've been able to kind of mix in that, you know, that higher level jujitsu with the, that striking that I've been doing since, since day one, you know, I basically, my first day of jujitsu it was it was basically grappling with punches. So we were like we had MMA gloves on. We would grapple and, and basically just fight each other. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I the only reason I bring this up is because I, I've had this conversation before. I talked to Wagner about it before, and, and, and we we kind of had a similar conversation in the regards of, you know, I, I hate to always say this because I still believe that that any form of jujitsu is still the best martial arts for self defense that you can have on the planet. There's not even a close second. But yeah. but the reality of it is is like a lot of guys when you see them compete because they don't have to throw punches they don't realize the idea like it's a yeah. different mount and it's a different back take control and it's a different side mount control when you yeah. start to understand okay i want to control you but i also want to be able to posture up to do some yeah. damage and, and and land some punches yeah well i've noticed that too with um you know like if we can ever recruit some like jujitsu guys over to the cage and they'll do some like sparring with us um, I notice anytime they get a takedown or even if I'm on top of them, they're, they're really smooth. Jiu-jitsu isn't as smooth anymore. When I start smacking them in the head and, you know, kind of like 
fake bumping with my arms and like kind of punching them. Um, it, it's, it's, a, there's, there's a difference there. And if you get so comfortable with not ever, not ever getting hit or not ever, not ever rolling with really aggressive guys, that self-defense situation is going to feel like a, like a train wreck of, 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 you know, how aggressive it is. So that's kind of just how I've, you know, I do a lot more uh, MMA jujitsu rounds than most uh, just jujitsu people. So I think that makes a, a, a big difference too. I think that's a, that's a good point for me to bring something up that I was I found really interesting because I got I got to be honest one of the reasons I'm so starstruck during this interview is that one of the first <laughs> things I watched when I started really transitioning from just being into jiu-jitsu and also being into MMA was Tough 22. So okay. like my man crush my <laughs> oh, man, man crush for Billy Q goes far oh, back. <laughs> Everyone's seen Tough that's 22. Great. But something that Chan, I noticed Channing, was Channing, uh, what was Wahlberg? Channing Wahlberg? The- <laughs> yeah, Ch- Channing Wahlberg gets it done. There oh, man. He's a snake in the grass. Uh, but but um, uh, something I noticed uh, in prepping for this interview is that a lot of times when, like, Faber or uh, McGregor were describing your fights, they would descri- they, they would focus on your toughness, uh, your mm-hmm. rough around the edges, and they, that you were, you were more of a brawler. And now, like, cut to now – you are seen as a as a technician. You are a very like specialized like fighter who can mix it up on the feet, but incredibly deadly on the ground. Yeah. Uh, how would you describe your transformation from the show, like your your style from the show to your current tenure in the UFC? Yeah, it, you know, I just uh, I had to, I had to get better. I had to put uh, kind of a microscope on the things that I was doing wrong. And I still, of course, still make, you know, ho- hopefully way less mistakes now. Um, but that was just a case of, you know, before the Ultimate Fighter, I, I had six six years total of training, like total, uh, you know, five and a half years total training. Uh, and, and I got to experience that, like world-class fighters everywhere, you know. So I got to be around that, kind of see how they were training, basically build the habit of, of training like they, they were training. And then I took that over the next, you know, five, four or five years, um, to, to what I've become in the last couple of years. Um, and, uh, that's just, you know, basically, basically just getting the experience and, you know, having seven more fights since then, um, you know, just, just the experience really, man, just going with higher level guys and getting the experience of, of being around all that and, and seeing what it takes. And just knowing that, um, even, even back then I saw the guys like McGregor and Faber, you know, when you're around them, you're touching and, and, and training with them and like just, you know, listening to them, uh, you realize they're not they're not any different. You know, man, everyone everyone's the same. Uh, I have the same mentality as, as they had. You know, I felt like and, um, you know, they're, there's they're not superheroes. They're just they're just people that just, you know, committed to their dreams and just didn't give up and, and they made it. Yeah, man, that's that's a big thing, Billy. I I, I 100 percent subscribe to that to that thought process is that like when 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 you start to meet your heroes and you realize that they're just the same as you like they're just humans yeah. they just they're just humans that decided they had the will to do what it took to succeed you start to realize wow like i can do that too man like this guy isn't some god amongst yeah. men he's just a normal dude that decided one day he was going to be a world champion or an MMA champion and, and went out there yeah. and did what he had to do to, to accomplish those goals, man. It's, it's a big mindset to understand. So, yeah. So we, we talked a little bit about your, your, your longevity in, in the MMA world and how you, you started long, you know, I, I, again, you've been fighting for close to 11 years now and how you, you, you got on tough and then you lost and then you, you had your a couple of opportunities that it fell through, you broke your knee and all these things happened to you. And, and like what, what I find the, the most intriguing about you. And I think the most gratifying about you is that you're what we call a journeyman fighter. You know I mean? You're, you're that guy that, you know, wasn't the flash out of the pan, 10 and 0, fresh out of the gate, 5 and 0, super athlete, fresh out of the gate that went straight to the UFC and 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 and, and went in there from there. You're the guy that really had to work for it. You know, had to fight in in, in shitty little clubs and in in horrible little spots and 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 and, and feel embarrassed about people coming to see you and and, and live through all that. Like how much of that plays into your now you're in the UFC and you're going to get some of these younger bucks. How much of that like empowers you and makes you realize, Hey man, I've been through this shit. I know what the fuck I'm doing. Like you, you guys, you guys, yeah. it's my time now. 
Well, yeah, and, uh, and just for the record, even when we were in uh, these nightclubs and these bars in when I was an amateur, I was always proud, man. I always just thought, like, you know, like, growing up, like, we didn't have, like, the highest expectations. Like, we didn't, you know, we didn't, well, you know, like, we always wanted to work for everything, but, like, just just coming out to, to living in Florida and to start fighting out here, like, I always just love, like, I was always telling people, like, yo, come on, check me fight, watch this, watch this. And, uh, you know, those are some of the, the, the best times I'll look back on. But just to, the only reason why is because now we are at this at this level now. So, uh, yeah, man, it's just, uh, it's, it's been a great journey and uh, I'm going to gonna keep it going. How many, how many times did you, did you think to yourself, like, you know, maybe this isn't for me, you know, what am I doing wasting my time? Maybe I should just go back to school. Maybe I should figure out something else. And was that ever something that ever like haunted you in the back of your head? Yeah, it, uh, no, it kind of popped up. It's it popped up a couple of times. You know what I mean? And the, the two biggest ones, the, the biggest one for sure is when I tore my ACL. That was one, and that was only three years, three and a half, four years ago now. Um, yeah, no, yeah, about three, yeah, three years ago. It was in uh, 2017. So, it was, yeah, it was three years ago. That At that moment, it was like, man, because I didn't, that was, it was right after I beat Eric Reynolds. I was already on the Ultimate Fighter. I just got done knocking out Eric Reynolds. Um, then uh, I go to Fervola. Fervola goes on the Contender Series, gets in the UFC. I go out there with him and everything. Fervola's in the UFC. I'm so happy for him. Then I'm so excited. I'm like, all right, I'm up next. I'm going to get one of these big fights. I'm going to get on the contender series. Then I tear my ACL in a wrestling practice. Then it was like, oh my God, dude. I knew like, they're like, yeah, it's going to take at least a year to heal. Uh, you got to get surgery. My, the insurance at the time, like, wasn't going to cover it. Like I was hearing all this, all this stuff about like having to pay for it on my own. And luckily, like that was definitely like the low point where I was like, damn dude, like, you you just made a huge mistake. You made you made a uh you dedicated you know seven seven and a half years to this, and now you you have nothing. You have a you have a blown out knee, and uh you know you have nothing. You, you, I didn't have anything, so uh, that was definitely one of those moments where I was like, uh, maybe you should think about going to school, using your brain more. So I was like, all right, let's see what happens. I ended up getting my real estate license just as like a backup plan. Uh, kept fighting. Ended up doing a boxing match eight months after the surgery. Uh, winning that, winning a fight uh, in my hometown, Buffalo, won the main event there, and then got the contender series opportunity, and uh, the rest is history. Yeah, man. Like this, and I'm, I'm paying a picture here. I'm, I'm getting to a point because, like, I'm, I'm. We talked about how tough you are. And we talked about how driven you are. And we talk about how how you break your opponents. Yeah, in I appreciate cage. it, by the way. Yeah, and and, and like the 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 narrative I'm trying to draw here is to because I know you kid you know I always tell yeah, you how yeah. much I love you man I, I remember from yeah, day I one you, I, I always talked day. about like like I remember I remember when you were used to, we used to work Carabas and when you got done at Carabas oh, yeah. I ain't going back I ain't going back to Carabas that was always <laughs> a little joke we had with one another I'm not so. yeah I'm not going back <laughs> no <laughs> no offense to my Caraba people yeah I used to work I worked at uh, Shell Seafood I worked at Carabas I worked at I, I used to hustle, man. I used to hustle on the weekends. Yeah. Um, and then I would train during the week. I would take a couple of nights nights and work there. Work, you know, it was train during the week, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, working slanging slanging seafood and slanging Italian food. <laughs> and then uh yeah, and I and I always joke it what what he's talking about is when we spar. Uh I'll I'll just be like yelling out, I'll get people motivated by like going I just go do like a bunch of rounds. And I always tell people like I ain't going back to Carabas. I'll start yelling. Then I ain't going back. I ain't going. I ain't going. I ain't going back. I ain't going back to, to cleaning uh, seafood plates. Yeah, I mean, but like I said, so, you know, I bring up all this stuff and I talk about all these things because I know you. And and the reason I'm doing it is, is to paint a narrative to because we talked about how tough you are and how amazing you are and how you break your opponents. And and the reason is is because like. You've been through shit in your life, man. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Like you, you have you have had to suffer and had to overcome as that journeyman fighter to 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 have all these doubts, to have all these problems. Yeah. You know, you you weren't always the most gifted guy in the world. You know what I'm talking about. You weren't some yeah. D one wrestler that jumped out of college to go right into the UFC. Like you yeah. had to really work for it. You had to really struggle for it. And that struggle and that ability and that like internal fire inside of you, it, it shows into your uh into your uh into your fights as someone that kind of has a little bit of my of that inside of me i want to tell you how much yeah. i appreciate you for doing that kid thanks man i appreciate that and uh, you know like i always basically what, what really got me into mma was just wanting to like 
like the world championship was always the goal because I want to fight like the best guys in the world. But basically just having fights that people can look back on and be like, damn, dude, like that was a wild ass fight. Like that dude can fight like Billy Cornello can fight. I want people at the bars to be like, wow, like that. I want to watch Billy Q fight. Like that's what it's all about. So that's really what I came for. Like I'm going to keep going. And uh, I, I know I could get in the top 15, the top 10 fight work fight for a world champion. Like Alex, Alex Volkanowski is like this tall. Like it's not, like, <laughs> he's, he's, he's not Khabib. So my, my big five, five, 10 ass, like, you know, all, all gangly, uh, you know, I feel like I'm giving, giving a lot of these guys problems. So it's going to be a, a, a cool story that I could write in the next few years. I, I, I just got to say personally, I know you're, you come from Buffalo. I went to college in Olean, New York, and the only jujitsu, okay, yeah. yeah, the only jujitsu wow. that I, I had access to, just because I started doing jujitsu like my junior year, I would drive an hour and a half to uh, Buffalo United Martial Arts, and then I would okay. drive back. That was my whole Saturday. Is I got to wake up, crack of dawn, get there for beginner class, and then I've never met a more annoying group of like tough assholes than the people that train MMA and jujitsu in Buffalo. Like <laughs> fuck the lot of you for real. Like you made me feel like I yeah. was a white belt all the time, but, um, that's funny, I, man. And yeah, I know, I know, I, I know where Olean is. That's funny. That is, you're the only person I think I, we will ever have on this show that, that I didn't go to Olean. school <laughs> that knows Olean, New York, Jesus Christ. Well, King of the Cages, uh, is a massive promotion up north. You know, it gets a lot of goodwill, yep. a lot of homegrown talent. So, uh, how did it feel uh, fighting for them, uh, winning a title there? Like, what did that like do for you and your career, and like mentally? Oh yeah, I love. I have a, a love hate relationship with King of the Cage. Um, I fought for them. I think three times or four times, three or four times. Um, I fought back up for them in in New York. So I loved it. They, they were in my hometown. Um, and so it was literally like minutes away from, you know, where it is in Na Niagara Falls. Yeah. Um, so I would always go back up there and fight in Niagara Falls. And the hating part was like, they didn't really pay me accordingly. Um, and it basically got to a point we had to go like 50, 50 because I was selling out these cards for them in Western New York, like my hometown. And uh, the promoter didn't want to pay me. And then he, he basically tried to get me into a, like to sign a long-term deal, like right before I got in the UFC. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to do that. So luckily like it, it worked out, but uh, you know, that's, that's the regional scene for you, man. They're not making a ton of money. So I don't want you to make a bunch of money, even though I was bringing in massive crowds up there. So let's segue into that for a second. So being as someone that's been around, you know, the fight game as long as you have. I've, I've been around the fight game for a while time but with boxing and, and professional fighting for, for a long, long time and just seen, like, the business of boxing. Like, what do you feel about that as a fighter that, you know, a lot of times, like, fighters aren't necessarily – like, they, we the, the promoters want to make money, but sometimes fighters aren't necessarily the, the most important piece of the pie. Um, do you feel like that's changed – in recent times, do you feel like people are trying to make uh, make good on, on 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 helping out fighters as much as they can? Yeah, I think so. And I think um, coming up, you know, and, and you're seeing it with like the UFC and you've seen it with other promotions, but like coming up, there really wasn't that much money for fighters until the last few years. You know, to be honest with and Conor McGregor is a big part of that. You know, he was the first one that is consistently on the four, you know what I mean? The, the four highest paid athletes. Um, so yeah, there's a, the UFC took a lot of chances early on. And so that's why they're worth as much as they're worth now. Um, but you know, at, like, like these guys say, like, which, who doesn't want to raise, you know what I mean? To make more money. And right now I think it's a really good time to be a fighter because there's a lot more money now in, in MMA than there was ever before and that's also going to help jujitsu people i think too just jujitsu athletes and jitsu stars the bigger the bigger the ceiling is for you know combat sports the, the, the better it is for everyone yeah I, I agree with you and i think we're starting to get better with that because I, mean, I can remember like it's it's a dirty business man fighting like i see a lot of people that I, a lot of kids that i know that want to be professional fighters and i look at them and i say to myself yeah. man like if you're not going to go in it 
to win it, like don't do it at all. Because even like when you get to the top of the pyramid, like it's almost, it almost ain't worth it. You do it, do it because you love it and do it because like, it's a part of you and you're driven to do it. But if you're doing it because you really want to be, make shit tons of money and, and, and make a living off of it, you're in it for the wrong, you're in it for the wrong reasons. Yeah, and uh, that's the thing. A lot of I remember coming up. A lot of people were like, "Oh, I want to get in the UFC. I want to get in the UFC," and they don't realize like there's no easy fights in the UFC. Like they're coming to kill you, and they're all good. And these guys that like take these easier fights, and and they don't want to train when their fight's over, and you know they want to take time off, and, and they don't want to spar ever. Uh, it's you know it's a dog eat dog world, man. It's it's a vicious. Uh, it's a vicious way to make some money. You know, I, I'm still feeling sore from my fight. <laughs> my shoulder's all jacked up, my leg. Like, yeah, dude. Uh, it, got, it ain't I easy gotta, living. I rehab everything. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not an easy yeah. living at all. So, yeah, and you guys know from jujitsu is even harder. <laughs> well, I, I, I just wanted to I, – I think that's a really good uh, brief segue before I kick it back to Kevin is that, you know, your, your credentials in MMA are – beyond reproach but many people probably don't know how accomplished you are even though you got promoted to black belt right after a fight which can it has i don't even think it's been a year congratulations again for that that must be really cool uh is there any part and and even though it's still early into your ufc career is any part of you thinking about possibly branching out into like grappling shows like submission underground or polaris because you see a lot of mma fighters like big name guys doing that yeah. when they're not immediately preparing for a fight, you know, just to keep skills sharp. Is, is there any interest in that for you? Yeah, there, there is down the road. Uh, right now, I really just want to like get back into my MMA training camp though. Like I want to get ready to fight again. And I feel like, you know, some guys are able to do it, but man, it, it's, it's risky. Cause you've also seen guys, like I saw Cub Swanson, he did a grappling match and he jacked his knee up. It's pretty yeah. risky. It's it's pretty risky to do, especially with some of these guys with their leg locks, you know. Um, so right now, probably not, just because I want to get right back into training camp and I want to fight again soon. Um, I think there's gonna be some big opportunities uh, in the next couple of months, and so I'm, I'm gonna get ready to fight again soon. But I get who who knows, man? Maybe something happens where. I, I feel more inclined to do a quick grappling match and, and you know, against a bigger name, uh, do a grappling match and then, and then get ready for another fight. So just to switch gears again, we, we, so we, we talked a little bit about, let's get back to the fight. Let's go back to the spike fight this weekend, because mm-hmm. in particular, I want to talk about the second round because mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot, there was a lot of debate over, what happened in that second round and who won that fight? Because it's when I was watching the fight, it was very clear that Spike won the first round and then you completely dominated the third round. I mean, the, the first round was close, but Spike yeah. was definitely the aggressor. Yep. He came out harder and, 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 yeah. and, and, and won the first round. Now, so that second round. So I was watching the fight live. Me and Eric Parker were watching the fight live. And like, I am pretty knowledgeable in my MMA understanding of, of MMA, but unfortunately most MMA judges aren't. And mm-hmm. I have watched that round, not particularly your round, but the way that round played out over and over and over again throughout yeah. my course of watching MMA fights. And I will say that nine times out of 10 spike wins that round. And when I was watching the fight, I was very concerned watching it live because I thought for sure I knew what was going on. I knew you were throwing up more, more commission attempts. I knew you were doing more damage. I even knew when you went for that guillotine, when spike flipped back on top of you, you initiated that takedown. But I also understand how judges that don't necessarily understand the nuances of jujitsu and MMA in general would have scored that fight the other way. Like, do you feel like that that round in particular was a wake up call, and maybe that now judges in particular are starting to become more intelligent in their judging of fights and starting to really understand the way fights should be called? Yeah, well, and they actually had they actually kind of changed the rules on that. So I knew, um, I I know that the the criteria now is it used to be. Uh, basically how they explained it to us they've uh, they, this has been around for a couple of years now that it used to be uh you know based on striking grappling 
octagon control. And those are like, those are to be looked at like kind of the same, right? So like the striking is the same, the grappling and the octagon control is all judged based on the same. Okay. Like they're, they're judged equally. Right now it's based on the order of it's based on striking first, then grappling and then octagon control, meaning like who's taking the center of the cage. But what that also means is now that grappling, like if you go and take someone down and you don't do anything and that person's either hitting you or you're just kind of like laying on them, they don't judge it as like a 10, nine round anymore. They base it more on the striking. And, and also because of my round, there's a couple things. One, I was definitely closer to finishing him. Like those triangle chokes, I felt like, uh, you know, they look at that and they're like, okay, this guy's on top of him more, but who's actually closer to winning, you know, and right. he's not hitting me with anything big. He didn't really hit me anything big after the first couple minutes of the fight. So then that, that plays into consideration too. And I think a lot of people that were watching it, cause I watched it when I watched it back, you know, there's a, there's a moment where, uh, DC and Bisbee are talking and, and DC's like paying attention, but they're not judging it. You know what right. I mean? You're not paying attention like a judge right. and for him to be like, Oh yeah, you know, spikes on top, on top for a little bit. So, you know, uh, he, he, he probably won that second round and then they kind of go back and he's like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, that's what he thought before. So that's what he says. And it's like, those guys job are to kind of keep everyone informed, but they're not judging it like actual judges. Right. Um, so of, of course, I thought it was a close round. Um, I, I know I dominated that third round. The game plan was obviously to break him and finish him. And, uh, you know, he slipped through the cracks. But, to you know, I, I think watching it back, if you're watching, like, who's doing more damage, it's definitely me. Who's closer to finishing the fight, that's me. And uh, the only thing he really had was top control, which really wasn't much control because I was throwing up submissions and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I went back just like you did. I went back the, the next day and rewatched that second round. And, you know, and when I was caught up in the emotion of it, you know, I thought yeah. you lost the second round just because, you know, I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm riding the emotional wave, but in my mind, okay, fuck, he lost that second round or it's too close to call. Like he's got to well, go out no. and get a finish type. Yo, thing. Kevin, Kevin, what happened was you listened to DC and you're like, oh shit, DC's got You guys were all trapped by it. You got, cause, and I get it. Like you listen to him and you're like, oh, like your brain is just going yeah. along with that story, but we're in an empty arena and there's three judges and they're like, nah, nah, man, like Billy won that, like. Yeah. The three judges watching it, not listening to commentary, thought I won. Not the assholes at the bar. And then, you know what? The yeah. fucking the end of the day, too, is this, bro. They're the only motherfuckers <laughs> that matter. That's it, really which, a that's true, right. Dude. What's and what's because- funny? What's funny though is that in the past there have been MMA rule sets that have gone further into considering like attempted submissions from the bottom. Like that that plays a bigger part. Like I know Pride was really big on that. And you saw people yeah, say, be. yeah, you, you saw people saying like the, the only example I'm thinking of right now is like Neiman Gracie versus Roy McDonald. Uh, I think a few months, like closer to the beginning of uh, 2019 or the uh, middle of 2019, they fought and Rory was really positionally sound, but Neiman was threatening a lot of submissions yeah. and someone did the math as to like the averages of like in pride rules, he probably would have been able to eke out a decision yeah do you, do you, as a black belt do you think the ufc and bigger mma in general does enough to recognize like submission attempts or do you think there can be more done there yeah there's there, there can definitely be more with the judging i think uh i follow that verdict mma on uh on uh, instagram it's just cool to see what they say it's just like a, a bunch of people that all like give you their scorecards and what it does is in my opinion it counterbalances the margin of error with three people of course there could be uh people that get it wrong at the end of the day though as a fighter as a black belt i'm just trying to finish the fight at every moment like i'm either trying to knock you out or submit you like the whole fight you know so for me it's i just gotta get back in that finish column yeah man like again it, it goes back into just i when 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 you're in, when you're in a fight you're you're putting rounds in the bank and and you and it's because you're going for that finish whenever you whenever you're going for things like when yeah. you when you and it's something that like younger fighters should should learn to do because that's a difference between someone's just going to be there and someone that's going to continue to be there like you you put those rounds in the bank always look to score always look to do damage because that's what wins yeah. fights and that's what should win fights and i'm glad that that round went to you because you definitely deserved yeah. to win it. It was, it would have been very, I would have been upset. I wouldn't have punched the television if you lost, but 
I would have been very <sighs> upset if you would have lost that. I mean, I would have. I would have yeah. probably punched Eric Parker. But <laughs> yeah, I dude, I I dude, I tried, I tried so hard to, to win that fight and knock him out and uh, just to, just to beat him on all three scorecards. Like I know I won that fight, and at the end of the day, it's it doesn't really matter anymore. It's on to the next one. Like whether I won or lost, we both had a great fight and uh i get that win bonus and and i know i i know if you know the fight continues i know what's going to happen anyway like if me and him have that fight in you know in a dark alley i know what's gonna i know i'm walking away from there fine so no no one no one almost no no one i mean it's it's the facts though it's i wasn't close of getting knocked out and i wasn't close getting choked out i i agree with you too like i i even said that i even said that to to one of my clients one of my private lesson clients that i was watching the fight with because he was asking me who you thought won and i said you know what man if you ask me who won that damn fight if you put put each other side by side it's very very obvious that billy was the winner of the battle you know i'm talking about like billy like if you look at spike's face you look at your face like spike was half dead you were ready to go for another people around like if it continued on you would have finished him no question in yeah. my mind, but because of the criteria of scoring, it would have been a travesty. But you know, if you, that second round goes the I, other way, you lose the fight. Of course, man, I get it, man. It's the first close fight I've been in since my pro debut, so I'm I'm very uh, fortunate that uh, you know I'm able to, to to find ways to finish fights. I'm going to ask a totally like selfish question, and it's going to break the flow of this whole thing. He's but not Billy... going to send you a pair of his underwear or anything. Kevin. No, 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 no. Don't, that's, don't that's, embarrass that's, yourself. That's after the show. <laughs> that's after the show, Kevin. God, there is a structure to this. Now I don't feel bad about asking. Hey, Billy, how often do you kick Kevin Gallagher's ass? Please tell me, because I love to hear it. No, <laughs> we don't. We, me and Kevin get it in. We've, we've been training together for a while. We don't, we just go back and forth. Like he's like my big brother or something. So it's un- uncle Kevin. And I believe I gave him the moniker uncle Kev back in, the, back in the early days. I would call him uncle Kev. He reminds me of my uncle Bill. Just like a, <laughs> just like a, like super, super chill and laid back. <laughs> Billy, well, Billy's a tough motherfucker. I'll get yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say, quick. Kev, what's like, and I'm just gonna pretend Billy's not here. Uh, Kev, what's Billy's game like well, when you're I, rolling? Billy, Billy's very, very. Billy has a good guard. Billy's good everywhere. Billy, when he gets on your back, you're you fucked up. Um, Billy just doesn't quit. Billy's when I always say this about Billy when I talk about like guys that like don't quit when I think they should. Like Billy is either a too proud or b too dumb. <laughs> And like that is like <laughs> what I mean by that is like you're right. too proud, you're too proud to quit, or you're too dumb to know when you're beat. And like both yeah. of those things, like they add up because I know a lot of guys. Like Billy would rather die than say Coach Kevin got me. And if God forbid yeah. I ever submit him, I know when we smack hands again, he's gonna come at me like I stole something. And like. <laughs> Every every time I roll with him, and there's there's very few people that can do this to me because I kind of pride myself on being able to suck the life out of people. A lot of it's a lot about my game. No, no, but exactly again, I, I compete in very similar ways, and my game is very similar to way to, to what Billy's game is. I try to suck the life out of you and wear it out on you and then and cause you to make wear a mistake and either frustrate you. And Billy doesn't get frustrated, he doesn't quit. And it's it's a testament for me from someone that tries very hard to do that to people and is very good at that. To, to, to roll with someone like Billy that just doesn't fucking stop. And like I said, it comes down to they're either too dumb to know their beat or they're just too prideful to, to admit their beat. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I'll take it. And, uh, yeah, just shout out to him and the rest of the, the Gracie Tampa South team, man. We got we definitely have something special there. Uh, Meta Royal has done a, an excellent job of keeping a, a, a wealth of uh, high-level training partners there day in and day out. Every, every time I go there, like Monday night, I can't roll tonight because my shoulder – but it's going to be just a shark tank of, of black belts and fighters and uh, UFC guys and Bellator guys and just your your average Joes that just train every single day that are are are, are sneaky savages. Uh, how did you find your way down south? By the way, um, so I moved in. Uh, I I was getting my associate's degree in Buffalo, and uh, my sister was going to the University of Tampa. And I would always, we would take like vacation trips down to Florida, different parts of Florida. And then uh, I basically, I, I had to get out. I had to get away from, uh, you know, uh, the routine I was finding myself in. You know, I was, I was going to a community college, hanging out with, you know, a lot of my friends got away to college already. And they were, they were out like, you know, kind of just pursuing their goals. And I just felt like if I stayed there, I wasn't gonna, uh, I wasn't gonna reach my goals. I didn't think I'd, I'd get to, 
you know, the, the UFC to be a world champion. Cause that's kind of what I figured out I wanted to do in college. I'm like, man, I want to, you know, take a run at this thing. And uh, then I moved down. I basically visit my sister and I came to Gracie Tampa South. And then I came to the university of South Tampa, both in the same day. And I got such good vibes from like the gym and like just the atmosphere there. And uh, I got like the worst vibes ever, ever from like USF. And I was like, man, I, I don't want to go here, man. <laughs> and I, I definitely didn't want to go to UT either. So I was like, you know what? They basically said like the college was going to be way more expensive since I wasn't a, a Florida resident. So they said, if you wait one year, you could be a Florida resident. So I was like, all right, I'll just, that was my excuse. I'm like, yeah, I'll just go back to school in one year if, uh, you know, if it's meant to be. And then I just started at the gym. I started training and I started fighting like pretty soon after. And then that's when I worked in all those crazy jobs. And I just worked my way up to, to where I'm at now. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> so I, I got one yeah, more question for you. One more question yep. for you that I want to touch on just because I know this is something that's kind of specific to you. So like the last two fights you've had, you've been on Dana White's tongue like i you know he, he spoke about you in your last fight to, it was a fight to watch out for and he spoke about you on, yeah. this, on this last fight coming up your first fight and then this last fight coming up is someone to come up to him. and i think that that's a testament to your abilities in the cage but i also think it has to do with your personality and the fact that you you you, you let people know who you are and you don't really give a shit about it and like that's something that i see a lot in in ufc i see a lot of ufc guys that try to do that because they try to get the spotlight and it comes off a little bit fake. Like when I think about yeah. you, like you're one of them dudes that does it authentically. Cause that's just who you are. Like you, you go out there and you're a ham and, and, and it's part of what makes you drive. You get into that smack talking routine. Like tell me a little bit about where that comes from. Yeah. Uh, it, well, that's, I never wanted to uh, like get into the the ufc and, and be like this like crazy like made-up character like when my opponent came out with like his bird mask i was like come on dude like you're such a clown like come on bro. <laughs> like and uh, and that's just not like me but i definitely i grew up talking talking shit to uh you know my my brothers i have three older brothers my sister who's you know super wild kevin kevin's met her a bunch of times she's always getting crazy at my fights so it's just a uh, i live in like I always grew up with a kind of like a wild environment. I was, I was always attracted to uh, the people that were like a little bit, a little bit louder, a little bit more outspoken. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just over the years of, of competing, playing different sports and, you know, talking trash. Uh, I, when I see like these little dorks on Instagram or Twitter, like tell them I lost some money or that, Oh, you didn't lose the fight, bro. Like, <laughs> bro, I don't care. Like, of course I'm going to, if I have the time, I'm going to say something back to you and uh, I'm going to let you know what I think of you too. <laughs> That's great. Man. I, I, blew, a lot of it, I blew my, I blew my, fight, I blew my mortgage payment on you, Billy Q. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're like, that was a robbery. Like you think you really won that fight? And I'm like, dude, they paid me for it. So either way. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I did. <laughs> I know. Like they told, they told me I did, and uh, they raised my hand, asked me. So, but I, I get it, man. Like if, if I was betting, and I was like, you know, one of these miserable people, or some of them are just younger, some of them are like, you know, like teenagers and stuff like that, that they play their, their like little fan duel accounts. And uh, yeah, if you, if you're betting on someone, you thought like, oh, he's got red hair, he's, he's a maniac. I'm gonna bet on him. Well, you know, like the work always shows, man. Like the, the work I put in is you know it speaks for itself you know if and when i lose like it's it's going to be a, a mistake i made not because like, i'm going to get outworked or like you know i'm not i'm going to quit or something like that like that's not going to happen I, f I feel like for a lot of these guys when they start putting money on fighters it's like they're suddenly rich like roman emperors with slaves that they're throwing yeah. into the meat grinder like <laughs> yeah. you fool get back and fight the lion i own you yeah. i put 50 dollars yeah. on you getting a first round tko <laughs> back to it knave and then they throw like olives at you or some shit i don't know <laughs> yeah it's wild man it's wild how many people bet but it's all good man you know like it's it, whether they're saying good things or bad things about me um, you know, I'm looking to keep growing my name and, and get to that, you know, start finding some good opponents that uh, are going to keep putting on good shows. Well, I think that's a, I, I know that we, we don't want to keep you. Oh, who's the oh, little guy? My, but yeah. Cooper wants to say hi. Hey, Cooper. Cooper who's that boy? Hey, Cooper. Who's that boy? <laughs> oh, he's a good hey, dog. Buddy. 
Hey, buddy. Oh, hey, buddy. Cool, dude. <laughs> yeah, he just lays around all day. He chills. Yeah, oh, good, good life, he's, like, he's like, y'all are still talking. <laughs> Rough <laughs> life. I, I think it's a yeah. good point to say, like, we actually had a, we had a, another real solid jujitsu uh, up-and-comer in the UFC, Chase Hooper, on, and he took a lot of time to talk about some fighters that he views are let, like marketed as jujitsu guys, but have let their ground game sort of fall by the wayside. Do you have any hot takes on certain UFC jujitsu players, uh, grappling abilities or uh, any call outs you want to make? Oh, and people who I want to fight. Yeah. Um, well, so there are some big names out there. Chase is one of those guys. He's a young up and coming fighter. You know, he had that tough, he just lost that fight to, uh, Caceres. Yeah. Uh, but he's he's a big name, and we actually uh, Kevin actually rolled with him too. I don't know if Kevin remembers me and me and Chase and Kevin all rolled with each other at the wow. UFC PI. And, oh, was that um, Chase Hooper? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, that's oh, his, fuck him, yeah. Him and his buddy, and you're like, oh, what's he a brown belt? I'm like, yeah, I think so. I God, I remember um, that. I I do remember yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, he was uh, he yeah, was there so, for the contender with you. He was and, a kid, right? Yeah, God damn. I yeah, yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was young. So um, there, uh, there's a few names that uh, of people who I think I'm gonna get matched up with. Alex Caceres is a fun fight because he actually eliminated our one of our teammates at the time, Paul Barrow, from the Ultimate Fighter in like 2011. It must have been yeah. 2010 or 2011. So he's been in the UFC that entire time. Um, so he's always someone that you know he's a fun he's a fun fight. Like he does a lot of crazy stuff. He's had fight of the nights with Yarier Rodriguez and a couple other guys. Um. I was already matched up with uh, that dude Chris Fishdix. So uh, Fishdix or uh, Gavin Gavin Tucker. Gavin Tucker is someone who I also got matched up with. Who uh, Gavin? I Gavin, he seems like a good dude. Like he's not like uh, this guy Spike, who like I really didn't like. Gavin seems like a cool dude. Like I, I've uh, I've heard about him from his gym and uh, he trains at TriStar with uh, Faraz. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's legit. He's eleven and one. That'd be a, a a real good fight. It'd be a tough fight. And, uh, so yeah, one of those guys, I think are, are next one of those three guys in the meantime, though, I'm trying to either fight at one of the last fight Island fights or the first fight with a crowd back. So th- those are like my goals, my plans. Cool, man. Well, fuck, what you got? Anything else? Kev, you got any other questions for him? I mean, I, I guess just because I, I forgot to mention it earlier, but like, how did it feel rolling, uh, with, the, or fighting without a crowd? You know, I got, I've, We've, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm 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 kind of used to it, man. I've uh I fought twice on the Ultimate Fighter. I fought uh twice on on this UFC Apex now. Once on the Contender Series. Once once now for this. So um, it's I've I've done it a bunch of times. Usually when you you know we train at the gym, there's really not that many people there anyway. So uh, it just felt like uh you know, you know, just kind of a, a regular fight, like kind of like a a street fight. <laughs> That's cool, man. Like. Anyway, brother, like I, I can't tell you how much I love you. I usually spend the last thirty seconds talking to everybody. You know that shit, bro. You're my fucking boo, man. Like, I, 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 I love you for fucking ever and shit, man. We fucking, oh, yeah, we're yeah, gonna yeah. see each other in a gym in like twenty minutes. So. Yeah, I'm, gonna see, I'm, gonna see, I'm yeah. like, you're actually at my house right now. Yeah, I'm actually like, he's in the other room. We're roommates. Just breaks the illusion. Breaks uh, the illusion completely. No, 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 no. Yeah, I don't know where you're at, but I'll see. I'll see you uh, tonight, man. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah, any any, right. any any sponsors thing anything you want to shout out before we kick off? They uh, just all, all the all the Tampa plays that helped me out. Uh uh OTB Cafe, uh Driven, Southern Tire, No Judges Needed, uh uh the the Live Alive, Tampa Bay, my C B D company, uh everyone, man. Grace Tampa South, uh just everyone who uh uh cryotherapy, US cryotherapy was a big big time healing me this this training camp. Uh Dr. Zerwin, Dr. Greg Zerwin, he's the man. He's the man. Uh he always the always man. fixing the jujitsu guys. Uh all everyone, man. I, I got such a big team. I appreciate everyone, uh everyone's help and uh we're just we're just getting things started. On to the next one. Holy oh, shit. Man. I I felt like I was just at the Oscars. Like that was, you, <laughs> oh, you were thanking yeah, everybody. You were thanking well, uh, everybody. <laughs> Well, you know, you get to a certain level, and uh, if I if, if if I have to drop one name, I gotta basically give a give right. shout out to my whole team, man. And and it's it's easy to say because they've been with me the whole time, so it's 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 like the same people. Yeah, you forget somebody, they're gonna, you're definitely gonna get you forget you forget <laughs> to tag somebody, you're definitely gonna get a message. I probably hey, I probably said like <laughs> nine out of ten. So now I'm gonna hear from someone. They're listening. They're like, oh, man, this guy. 
Well, Billy, I love you, man. Thanks for coming on the show, kid. Love you I too, appreciate Kat. you, brother. Yeah, appreciate right. well, you. This has been, this, well, this has been another episode. I gotta close it out officially, Bill. There's a there's a okay. we gotta, we gotta, order we of operation. Uh, there, this has been another episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast. I have been your host, Kevin Bradley, joined by my co-host, Mr. Kevin Gallagher, and Billy Q. Honestly, it means a lot to to have you on, sir. Thank you very much for sharing us uh, your time and a lot of great. Uh, stories and a lot of your background. We cannot wait to see what you do next. But uh, for all our listeners, stay safe, stay uh, uh, love your friends and family, and just uh, it, remember to remember to uh, say your prayers each your vegetables. Christ, How about that? Yeah, I don't know. I'm starstruck. All right, you're supposed to be the professional, man. man I, I'm so glad there's an entire coastline dividing us, Kevin. I swear to God, you you make me tear my own hair out. I love you, buddy, but Jesus. All right, thank you, Billy. You're, you're I'm tripping at the finish line, but we'll see y'all next time. Good night. See you later, man.